Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Greetings, salutations, and, well, hello to all of my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats. Good to have you joining us back here in the unlucky lounge for another episode of Friday Night Podcast brought to you by Draft and Draft. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of this fine establishment located in the heart of the blind eternities. And joining me as always is the 2-2 that always likes to find the bear with set mechanic. His name is Borok, my bear buddy. May I venture to say that perhaps the best bear in call time is in fact a 3-3 with Fortel for one and a green? I mean, I know it's not strictly a bear, but it is basically the two drop for green that you always want to have on turn two. I am aware it's not a traditional bear, but let's face it, Kaldheim is not a traditional draft format. Why is that? We're going to get to that in just a little bit. But first, a few bits of housekeeping and upkeeping. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out, BLEAV.com, or wherever you download your audio goodness. Keep your midday blues away with Believe and the show, if it's bringing you some joy, Find us on all those socials, on Twitter, on TikTok, and on YouTube, Draft and Draft Corey. Just an update for all of my listeners. At this one moment, we're kind of holding back from the Twitch universe. The reason being is if I put stuff out there, I want to put things out there that is of high caliber and high quality, if not being silly. And right now, unfortunately, with my tech it's not doing very good at videos, at streaming, or even recording things. That, that doesn't mean that we won't, say, do a draft and post it on YouTube. But for now, Twitch is on hiatus until I can find a better way to get my technology to share the Unlucky Lounge out there with all of you. But still, find us on that YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter, Draft and Draft Corey. And if the show is giving you some joy, find us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash draft and draft. Enjoy tiered benefits, get a shout out on the show, have some of those ads removed from the show as well, and help us keep the lights on here in the Unlucky Lounge. Well, friends, that's enough of the housekeeping and the upkeeping. The sorcerer's room is put back into the conjurer's closet, and it's the birth of a new set. A new set that's going to take us quite a distance down the line. I mean, we're certainly going to get Time Spiraled Remaster coming out soon, and hey, we just got previewed that Cranial Plating is going to be coming out with some new art. So, hey, some nostalgic hype for us all. Strixhaven is but a stone throws away. And then, of course, the D&D Forgotten Realm set. A lot of exciting things coming down the line, but first, let's focus on Call Time. A set filled with snow with maximum, maximum usage of all of your mana. I mean, that is just what I feel like this set is all about. You have to optimize every single bit of mana every turn that you possibly can, be it with the boast mechanic or the foretell mechanic. And then, hey, if you get to jump into a deck like Sultai Snow Poop, you get to have yourself a good time. Gosh, Borok, you really gotta get someone to look at that laugh of yours. I mean, I guess it's charming. We could talk more about this set, but hopefully the cards that we open up here in our Friday Night Podcast, your draft on the go, is gonna give us some more talking points and some more bits of enlightenment. But it's time for us to celebrate all of you. 
Grab a drink, grab a snack, maybe even crack a pack. It's the end of the week, and I want all of my lucky lounge rats to join in with me for a little something that we like to call the untapped step. So nice, so calm, so cool. And speaking of cool, it's time for us to get our call time on. What kind of deck is gonna come to us? Well, even as the draft is booting up right now, things that I hold to high value. Number one, rares. I know it seems almost kind of redundant, but there are a lot of powerful rares in call time. I personally have been a big fan of the black-white double spell decks. If you follow me on TikTok or find my videos I post on Twitter, you'll see that this is a deck that I've probably gotten the most trophies off of. And I also highly value the dual lands, the dual snow lands. They can get you a lot of opportunities to play some of the more powerful cards, including snow effects and maybe even splashing for some big bomby rares. But let's go ahead and take a look at our pick one, pack one. Pick one, pack one, we see the following things. Usher the Fallen, the one white mana, two one with both one white to make a one one white creature token. Quite nice. There's also Finn the Fangbearer, a good defensive one three death touch for one and a green. Cole the Forge Master, the Boros legendary creature. Nothing to sit on, but what we're gonna take is we're gonna take Vorinclex the Monstrous Raider. Sure wish I opened this in a paper pack, but digital will have to do. This is the 6-6 six, six for four green green. It's a trample haste and just take that at its face level and this is a monstrous card, pun intended. And it does have the synergy with counters that you put on to permanents and players and that you control, it gets to double up and then if an opponent would put counters on a permanent or player, it puts half that much and I don't take a lot of stock in its effect, but still a 6-6 six, six, trample haste for six that can sometimes have a little bit of upside, that's some good stuff. Pick two, pack two, we're gonna see nothing on level of the power, but there is a Jara Mirror Lake. This is the blue sacrifice land at uncommon. You tap to add a blue, it enters tapped, and then you pay two green, green, blue, sacrifice the Mirror Lake, and then you make a token of target creature control, and it gets an additional counter. This card has such a low, low floor and such a high ceiling that I want to take it. Besides that, there's maybe like a Berg Strider, but I'm not too interested in committing to that snow card right now without the snow lands first. I really want to make sure I've got my snow sources filled up before I start to take my bite at the snow apple. But speaking of the snow apple, here in pick three, pack one, we're gonna see a dominator of the best of one matchup pairings, and that is a card known as Glittering Frost. Two and a green for a snow enchantment aura, enchant land, the land is snow, and then when it's tapped, four mana, its controller adds an additional one mana of any color. This helps fix you, this helps get you your double snow, which is such a big thing if you want to get yourself into the snow decks. And of course, it's color fixing, so it opens you up to be able to play a lot of the two color rares. And honestly, when it comes to taking cards like this, you really want to make sure you're getting that first Glittering Frost as early as you possibly can. The uncommons here are Certland, Frostpire, the Red Sackland with an effect like the Jaramir Lake, but not very good. It does like a Pyrophasm effect. There's Spectral Steel and Rune of Sustenance, two very good enchantment auras, but 
I want to make this Vorinclex possibly work and no better card really to try and start off on getting some shenanigans going than say a card like Glittering Frost. So a wonderful pickup here for pick three. In pick four, the following cards are the main options for me. There is a Sculptor of Winter. This card is phenomenal. It's a 2-2 two -two for one green snow creature elf rogue. You tap it to untap target snow land. With the Glittering Frost, that means you untap that land and make two additional mana. This card can be very, very good for what we want to do. There's also a Feed the Serpent, which is a great bit of single piece removal. Two and black, black instant exile target creature planeswalker. Certainly we want cards like this. I don't know if I want to sniff a double black spell right now, considering we started on Vornclex and Glittering Frost. So I want to take the Sculptor of Winter. Besides that, there is an Elderleaf Mentor, 3 and a green, 3-2 ETBs. You make a 1-1 one, one green elf creature warrior token. Nice. It is kind of filler-y until you're in the black green elf deck. There's also Guardian Gladewalker, the 1-1 one, one changeling for 1 green ETBs. You put a counter on target creature you control. I do like that card quite a bit, but hey, let's see if we can get a little cold in here. What do you say, Borok? <laughs> Burr, baby, burr. Ooh, I feel a little silly after saying that. <laughs> Let's go to pick five, pack one. There's another Glittering Frost here, but there's a card I haven't played yet in this pack still that I'm interested in, and it's Vega the Watcher. One white blue for a flying 2-2. And whenever you cast a spell from anywhere other than your hand, you draw a card. So clearly this is a wonderful plant for Fertel. It lets you draw a card off your all your foretell spells. Amazing. So good. Besides that, there's not much to speak of in the blue or green, really, which is because we have at the moment. Uh, there's another Glittering Frost, but I think I want to take a high-impact card like Vega. This is what we want to be doing with the deck anyway. We want to get some high-impact stuff rolling and maybe try to find where we want to pair the colors with. Uh, pick six, pack one. Bind the Monster is here, along with a Glittering Frost. And a Ravenous Lindworm, the 6-6 six, six for 4 green green, when it ETBs you gain 4 life. This card has been very impressive to me so far in this format, considering that it's tending a little bit slower, but what I am going to take is a Mistwalker, the 1-4 Flying Changeling for 2 and a blue, with an activated ability of 1 and a blue, it gets plus 1 minus 1 until end of turn. What a great curve placement here. It's going to enable some changing stuff, we could potentially find some things that are relevant for that down the line, and I just like this card a lot, so yeah, get on the team, Mistwalker. Pick seven pack one whoa somebody bark at the moon so roof's pack mate is in the pack so roof so roof so roof is on fire we don't need no two drop we're gonna foretell some stuff mate just call me ludicrous i know ludicrous didn't actually make that song close i just want to have like some kind of absurd word. Anyway, very easy Saru's pack made, and so nice to see really late here in the pack. Pick eight, whoa, let's take this giant's amulet. This is the one blue artifact equipment when an ETBs you can pay three and a blue to make a four four giant wizard creature token, attach it to it, and then the equipped creature gets plus one, plus one, and if it's untapped as hexproof, oh, an amazing card, an amazing equipment, and a nice piece to continue to add on top of all we got going on in the deck here. Yeah, this blue-green deck is starting to develop a little bit, Borok, and hopefully we can continue to make it roll in the money. As we get to our table pack, there's a Raven form, which is a nice bit of removal, but it's not going to top this Arctic Tree line. This card is perfect for that Vega the Watcher that we took. It's the Snow Forest Plains. ETB's tapped, and you make green or white. 
I don't know if we could have asked for anything more. This Vega, the Watcher, is getting a little bit more possible to play, so I love it. And, and pick 10, pack 1, we can talk about a card that's not getting enough love, I think, and that's Disdainful Stroke. 1 in a blue, instant counter-target spell with a CMC4 greater. This card is excellent, considering there's so much up-the-curve casting with Fortel. I'm very happy picking up that Disdainful Stroke there. Uh, we get a Ravenous Linworm in pick 11. Very nice. So we've already got some 6 drops. And we also get a Snow-Covered Forest. Hey, now we're starting to really get some snow stuff going on here as we go to garbage time. Really, really nice. I definitely want to find... Oh, another Snow Forest in pick 14. Ooh, Borak. It might be cold in call time, but this deck is starting to warm up. There's snow puns like mine. Pick one, pack two. We see Awaking the Trolls, which is a nice payoff for larger CMC decks like ours. We already have a Vorinclex and a Ravenous Lindworm in our deck, so I'm not so interested. There's a Glacial Floodplain. I would very much consider taking this as high as this pick one, pack two. It's the Plains Island Snowland, but what we're going to take here is Icebind Pillar. Two and a blue for a snow artifact. You pay a snow and you tap target artifact or creature. Correct, Borok. This card is exactly what our deck wants to do. Delays the game. We've already got three snow lands with that really, really late set of snow-covered forests. Besides those other cards, there is an Augury Riven and a Depart the Realm. Two cards that will not table whatsoever. Maybe if we table this uh, Glacial Floodplain, that would be really sweet, but I somehow doubt it. I really feel like the white-blue deck is being drafted quite a bit, and any white-blue drafters are happy to end up with it. Well, we have a second bite at the apple here, potentially, because there's another Glacial Floodplain here. The rare still in the pack being Realmwalker, the 2-3 changeling for 2 and a green. When you put it onto the battlefield, you name a creature type, you can look at the top card of your library and cast creature spells of the chosen type from the top of your library. Really, really nice card, but is it better than this Boreal Outrider? Yes, the card that we picked one, packed one in our last draft on FNP. 2 and a green, 3-2, snow creature, elf warrior. Whenever you cast a creature spell, if snow was spent to spend the colors on that spell, it gets an additional counter. This card is real gas, and it's really, really, really nice. And I think I want to take it here. I think that our snow payoffs can be a little bit better than potentially our realm walker payoffs, but, you know, I guess I would like a little bit more card advantage. So let's take the realm walker. Let's play around with it. See if it's something that can do us well. You're right, Borok. A blizzard brawl can do us very well right now. My goodness me, it's the Snow Sorcery for one green. You choose target creature control, it fights the other creature, and if you control three or more snow permanents, your creature that fights the other creature gets plus one plus oh and indestructible. An amazing, amazing card. There's a Volatile Fjord, it's the Is It Snowland, which is nice, but you know, I would take it in a deck like this right now, considering that we just want snow mana to get all of our payoffs. But for now, this Blizzard Brawl is just absolutely perfect. There's another Glittering Frost. There is a Sought coming, the Counterspell with Fortel, but I'm just going to stop talking about it and just start taking the Blizzard Brawl. The card is just amazing. <laughs> You're right, Borok. I do find all those artifact equipments to be amazing. The cycle of artifact equipments and uncommon, like the Giant's Amulet, 
All of them are very good, including this Elven Bow that's currently in the pack. One green, when it ETBs, you pay two, you make a 1-1 Elf attached to the Elven Bow, and the bow gives plus one, plus two, and reach with equip three. Yeah, it's a really good card, but I don't think it's better than Struggle for Skemfar. Three and a green, it's the Hunt the Weak with Fortel single green. It's amazing, and we do want to get a little bit more removal in our deck. And this actually made me quite happy now that I took that Realm Walker over the Boreal Outrider because fighting a 2-3 onto a 3-3 is just really, really nice. And yeah, I'm pretty happy with that pickup there. Really, really a, a good card. Here in pick 5, pack 2, there's two Snowlands. One being a Snow-Covered Forest, which maybe we'll table, and the other being a Faceless Haven. It's the Snowland that becomes a Manland. It's the rare for Snow, Snow, Snow. It's a 4-3 with Vigilance. Really cool card. Really, really nice. There is a Frost Pyre Arcanist, which I would love to make work someday. It's the giant wizard that when it ETBs, you search your library for an instant or sorcery with the same name as a card in your graveyard and you put it in your hand. We'd love to make that card work someday. There is an Ice Hide Troll, maybe a table we can find, but what we're going to take here is a Behold the Multiverse. It is a nice foretell card. We've already got that Vega the Watcher. I'm pretty happy taking a Behold the Multiverse right there. As we go to pick six of pack two, not much to speak of for us here. There is a Bredegard Stronghold which is the green sack land where you pay one white white and then you put a counter on up to two target creatures. They gain vigilance and lifelink until end of turn. Yeah, I, I do like this card and I, I think it's really, really nice, but I just don't know if it's as good as this Depart the Realm that's in this pack. It's the bounce spell with Fortel. Works really nice again with that Vega, but the floor of Bredegard Stronghold is so low. I'm almost tempted to just take it. You know what? Yeah, I think I'm going to take it. If we can somehow, say, untap our Glittering Frost land with, say, our Sculptor of Winter, man, we're really going to win those games. Yeah, it's a little bit of a risky pick because we could have had a more consistent card in the Bounce Ball, which I do like, and I think I like more than most in this format. Uh, but I think that we can just really get some good explosive power with a card like that in our land slot. Pick 7 is going to be a very easy Pilfering Hawk. One in a blue flying 1-2 that loots with Snow Mana. This card is overperformed for me from, I think, what most people saw in its spoiler time. But yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. Pick 8, our last fresh pack here in pack 2. We're going to take a Highland Forest. This is the Snow Mountain Forest. Just want Snowlands here. There's nothing else really in this pack that really stands out. There's a Lichara Kinseekers, the 2-4 Changeling for 3 and a blue. Gets a counter if you control 3 more creatures of the share type. You then get to scry one. It's fine. It's a little replacement level, and I'd much rather have my Snow Mana in place here. Going to pick 9 in pack 2. Yeah, we did not table the blue-white Snowland. I'm not surprised by that really whatsoever, but we do now find our Depart the Realm. There is another Ravenous Lindworm, but... You know, we already got two six drops. I don't know how much I want at six. I'd much rather have an interactive spell like Depart the Realm. Pick 10, we see a Broken Wings. I think Broken Wings is pretty close to main deckable. And if you put it in your deck, would not be shameful whatsoever. It can really answer some hard to answer permanents. We are going to take, though, the Scorn Effigy. I'm pretty impressed with the two, three, four, tell zero. Yeah, it's a nice card. It really is. Pick 11, we now have a choice between a second Glittering Frost and that Volatile Fjord that I mentioned before. We're kind of lining up to potentially do a little bit of red splashing with the Highland Forest and the Volatile Fjord that we just get to play for free in this deck. We're getting some nice color distribution here, Borok. 
I mean, every snow land that is either blue or green right now is just very free for us to take, to play, and potentially benefit off of. We're going to take a Frost Peak Yeti. I do like this card in really stally matchups. It's not as sad as I thought it would be. It actually can get through for damage, especially when the board stalls out in snow mirror matches. Draugr Thought Thief is going to make it to our sideboard as we round out here. Hey, another depart, depart the Realm. Really late in the pack, but you know what? I, I know that other people don't value that card as high as I do, but I'm happy to take a second one, put it in the board, and here we go into pick one of pack three. I would love to get a little more power, maybe a little bit more removal. We already have a Blizzard Brawl and a Struggle for Skunk Bar and a Bounce Spell. So I'm pretty happy with how the deck is rolling out here. Let's see if it can keep going. Pick one, pack three here. There's a Clarion Spirit. This is a card that I absolutely adore. 2-2 two, two for one to white. When you cast your second spell, you make a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying. I have drafted many decks with this card as a focus. Again, find me on TikTok, Draft and Draft Corey, if you want to see some really cool decks that I put together in black-white with some, let's say, interesting dance moves. Okay, fair. Interesting is a bit of a generous word, Borok. We'll take another Glittering Frost here. You know what? There's nothing really in this pack for us. We could take another Ravenous Linworm or Nico Defies Destiny, which I do not like as a card in general. I think it's just a weak payoff for a specific deck. So yeah, we'll just take another Glittering Frost and maybe see if we can get some color stuff. Just we can find some big bombs in this pack. We're in a pretty good place to just play them. Here in pick two, pack three, there's a Rune of Might, an amazing, amazing rune, one of the better ones. It is the one that gives plus one, plus one, and Trample. We had a few of them in our draft deck with Battlefield Raptor last week. There is a, another effect land in the black green one. I know I said that we could potentially splash around for some big effects, and this would be one, but just the double black's a little bit ambitious. What we are going to take is Marite of the Frost. Two green, blue, blue, Changeling. It's a clone for permanents that you control, and when it ETBs, you get to copy a permanent. The Marite becomes legendary, and you get two counters if it's a creature. Really, really good card there. So, yeah, that's a nice little pickup here. Continue to get a little more power going on in our deck. And in pick three, we're going to take another Sculptor of Winter here. To speak of, there's a Ravenous Lindworm. There is a Replicating Ring. This is the monolith of the format for three colors. So you get a Snow Artifact. It taps to add any mana of a color. Obviously, it's Snow because itself is a Snow Artifact. And then after eight turns of gaining Night Counters in the upkeep, you get to make eight Replicated Rings. It's a cute top-down design from Norse Mythology, but I'm happy to take another 2-2 that ramps us here and who knows maybe that can allow us to play both of our glittering frosts not sure but we shall see here comes pick four we see a three seasons here and a carter's vicious return as two strong uncommon sagas first off the red black saga we're not going to play our colors are good but not that good three seasons is an interesting one though for green and a blue you mill three cards and return up to two snow permanent cards from your graveyard to your hand and then you choose on chapter three, three cards in each graveyard and shuffle them back into their owner's libraries. I think I'm willing to take this over a third Sculptor of Winter. This could be some good card advantage and we are starting to get a fairly large amount of snow stuff. We'll take it. No, you know what? Yeah, let's, we'll, we'll give it a try. We'll give it a try. I'm not exactly sold on the card. I think it's kind of weak and a potential self blowout, which I'm never a big fan of, is blowing myself out. But you know what? We'll take it. Uh, pick five. There's a Glimpse of the Cosmos. This card is a great little sorcery that is basically anticipate twice if you control a giant, you get to flash it back. 
Uh, but I'm going to take another Struggle for Scumfire here. Again, just want more removal, more interaction. And Struggle for Scumfire really leads to some big blowout turns. And, hey, with that Vorniclex, we get to put two counters. Ooh. <laughs> I know, Borok. It's like, do I need to make Mythics better? <laughs> Pick six. We're going to take another Behold the Multiverse here. I don't know if I'll play two. In the early part of the pre-release weekend, the decks that seemed best were the ones that were casting multiple Behold the Multiverse. I'm not sure if that's as true now, but there's really not much else to speak of in this pack, so Behold the Multiverse number two, come and join me on Team Cory. As we go to pick seven, we see a snow-covered island here. I think I want to take this card, especially with the three seasons that we picked up. If we can mill a few Snowlands, which right now we have two, three, four, five, this is number six. Yeah, I think this is the right place to take the Snowland. We, again, we could take another third Sculptor of Winter. We could also take a Grizzled Outrider, the 5-5 five, five for five Elf Warrior with zero text. But you know what? No, let's just take the Snowland here. That might just be good enough to make the deck. And hey, pick eight is actually another kind of tough one. So there's a Mass Vandal. I do like this card. But I think I'm going to end up with a Horizon Seeker here. The 3-2 for two and a green with boast one green. To search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it in your hand. That's a really good way to get some accrued card advantage. I mean, there is another snow-covered island here and a third Behold the Multiverse, but I do like the pressure that Horizon Seeker can potentially put onto a board. Pick nine, there is another Nico Defies Destiny. Actually, sorry, not another, the one that we tabled. But there is a Ravenous Lindworm. You know, if we're going late game, maybe we should just play the Lindworm. Honestly, I don't think we're going to play either, and I don't really want to play too much more on the top end. But I think it's better than Nico Defies Destiny. That card just seems like a big swing and a miss. Pick 10, Mist of Litjara is going to end up here in our stack of cards. And hey, a Snow-Covered Mountain versus a third Ravenous Lindworm. I guess maybe we were supposed to take that Nico Defies Destiny, Borok. <laughs> we defied our own destiny by not taking the card, am I right? <laughs> I know, it's so funny, right? Hey... Uh, there's that third Sculptor of Winter here. All right. You know, considering now that we have three Sculptor of Winters, two Behold the Multiverses, maybe we will play the two Glittering Frosts and really take advantage of big mana stuff. But what kind of deck as the last pick is our fourth Sculptor of Winter? Whew. We got some cuts to make here, friends. We got a deck to brew. And if you want to hear what this deck is going to look like, then stick around. Grab yourselves a little bit of a respite. We'll be back in just a moment. Your next career move could be your best. Verizon Retail is where people learn, grow, and succeed. We offer the potential to earn up to $50,000 annually and amazing benefits that start on day one. Get perks including half off your wireless phone plan, up to $8,000 per year in tuition assistance, and a 401k match to help you reach your goals. Pursue your ambitions today. Learn more and apply at verizon.com forward slash retail careers. Welcome back, all of my unlucky lounge rats. I hope you've refreshed, refueled, and good to see you've returned as we put together the 40 on this green, blue, snow build. And, <sighs> listeners, you heard me right. Only green, blue. Vega did not make the main deck. Well, I've been free. 
Oh, Vega, I built my expectations around you with this deck with a bold fourth pick. What happened? There were no other white signals or any other power cards that I could take to support the splash. I would love to draw cards off of foretelling with you and even casting creatures off the top with Realm Walker. <laughs> Why? But no, we must be disciplined. And we had to cut Vega in the end because our mana base was looking just a little too silly. It was gonna be a 9-7-2 in our color pips, two planes and only seven blue sources. I can't get over the seven blue sources, unfortunately, folks. It was just a little bit too messy. And the truth is we still have redundancy in card draw with our double Behold the Multiverse, some good ramp package with the triple sculpt of Winter that we're gonna end up playing and a nice little glittering frost to go alongside it. And honestly, Realm Walker in itself can be some good card advantage. We're playing the Marite, we're playing the Ravenous Linworms, two of them, not all three of them, not that crazy. And of course, our first pick, Vorinclex. And the truth is, we also get some good value off of our land base. We picked up that second pick, Clone Land, the Litgara Mirror Lake. Really nice little pickup for us that I think is going to do wonders for our late game. Alongside a Bredegard Stronghold that we will still end up playing. It does have that activation of Double White, which we can support off of potentially untapping an Arctic Tree Line or untapping a land enchanted with Glittering Frost. And the fact that it is a tapped forest means that it is not that big of a downside. It doesn't have the type forest, but it's a tapped Greenland. Why not? The upside is potentially very high and the downside is pretty low. Certainly we would like an untapped land in the slot, possibly, but I think that being able to sacrifice it in a really grindy matchup and put a counter on up to two creatures, get a little bit of lifelink, maybe a little bit of vigilance, crack back in racing matchups and break open board stalls, this card is going to do some nice work. And the fact that we have our triple sculptor of winters means that even with all of these tap lands, we can still stay on curve and on tempo. And hey, if we have our Vornclex out alongside activating that Bredegard Stronghold and put two counters on our creature, my lucky lounge rats, we will have done it. That brings us to the end of this deck tech. The final cards making it into the main, the Depart the Realms, Disdainful Stroke, and Cutting the Third Linworm were the final choices that we really had to make after cutting that Vega. But will the deck still function as intended? Do we have enough card advantage and resources in our lands and in the double beyond the multiverse? Let's find out by playing it out. Get it, friends? You know, cold play, cold time, snow. You get it, listeners. I, I'm clever, right? I'm clever. <laughs> In any case, let's go to the actual game. Looks like we're queued up and ready to roll up against Nasty Nate. Nasty Nate, call out on the show. Let's have a good game, good sir. We open on Bredegard Stronghold Forest Island, Blizzard Brawl, well, Blizzard Brawl, wow. Difficult card name to say. Sculptor of Winter, sadly no Snowland to speak of. And then two six drops, the Ravenous Lindworm and the Vorinclex. I think we have to keep this. It's unfortunate we don't have a Snowland, but if we can draw one and just continue to draw 
some snow equity. If we could top deck that Glittering Frost, we'll be in good shape. On the play, we are going to lead off with our Bredegard Stronghold. Tap land, boom, going around the cost of that card. Already, we talked about it in the deck deck, and it's paying off in spades. Tap land, come on now. We drew a forest, sadly not a snow-covered forest, for our turn two draw, laying out the Sculptor of Winter as our opponent led on snow-covered swamp. And I'm guessing that maybe they might play the O4, the one in a black sack creature that allows you to sack it and then give target creature minus X, minus X, where X is the number of snowlands you control. It stores your speed, but the card has been impressive. Ooh, a nice little draw of Behold the Multiverse for our turn three draw. We will happily foretell that and get in for two damage with the Sculptor of Winter. And, you know, it's getting us a little bit closer to a nice little Ravenous Lindworm action. Right now, as things are standing, they just went uh, on their turns, Snowland, Snowland, and now they're playing a Forest, folks. We have ourselves our Snow matchup, and they're now playing Grim Draugr, a role player that has surprised me, at least, uh, in the course of this format for what it can do. Ooh, we did draw a Snowland, which means next turn we can go and lay down, say, Ravenous Lindworm or Vorinclex, depending on how this goes. I think I'm gonna start off, though, with our Behold the Multiverse. We're gonna scry two, draw two see what we can find. We see an Arctic Tree Line and a Marite of the Frost. Very nice. Not too bad. So I'll, I'm going to draw both these cards. And now I'm going to lead off with that Arctic Tree Line, which means we're actually getting kind of close to being able to use that Vertigard Stronghold off the Sculptor of Winter. So, next turn we can actually accelerate into one of our two six drops, the Ravenous Lindworm or the Vorinclex. We're in a pretty good shape at the moment. Let's see if that can continue to stand as our opponent's Sultai Snow Poop deck starts to Sultai Snow Poop. And yes, that is what I call the deck, Sultai Snow Poop. They're going to get in there for three. Certainly we will take our three. Go to 17. They're at 18. They played their second forest. Alongside two Snowlands, the possibilities seem to be endless for our opponents. They also now have the two swamps they need to potentially cast a Feed the Serpent, which is why I think I'm going to lead on the Ravenous Lindworm and then go into a turn six Vorinclex with a Blizzard Brawl. So, yeah, that seems like our plan. Ooh, we draw a Giant's Amulet. We're just drawing gas here, which is amazing. Love it. One thing to note, uh, my Lucky Launtrats, when you go to use Sculptor of Winter, make sure that you're using it properly. It's not just a Monodork. You have to actually untap the Snowland, and that's an important fact of the card. You could easily just, like, think about the way that you're clicking the buttons and just kind of click them wrong. So just double check and make sure that you tap your Snowland, then activate the Sculptor to untap it and get your value. So we're going to go here with a Ravenous Lindworm on a solid turn 5 play. Our hand consists of Vornclex, Marite the Frost, Giant's Amulet, Blizzard Brawl, and Volatile Fjord. We're in a pretty good place. Our opponent, well, they're going to run out their Jarl of the Forsaken, which they foretold on their previous turn. Good to know that they're potentially playing cards like that just so we can hedge our gameplay off of this might be a choice that they're trying to make. They go with another card here. Actually, two separate foretell cards on their turn. Woo! That is some gas. Well, we drew a snow-covered forest, which is excellent because now we can play the forest. We can also play the Vorinclex now. And, oh, wow. Marita the Frost will get some additional counters if this Vorinclex does the thing that I want it to. So, Vorinclex hitting the battlefield. That's going to give us 12 power to swing with. 
And that is also not including the fact that we're about to Blizzard Brawl one of their creatures into Oblivion. Let's get rid of the Brimdraugr. We do have one, two, three snow lands, so we are good to go with that. Vorinclex is going to fight the Grimdraugr. And now, it's party time, y'all. Let us party time. And the fact that that Vorinclex now is indestructible means we just get to free attack. Like, that seems really nice. And if our opponent has any sagas, they try to play it. The Vorinclex is going to stop our opponent from putting saga counters on it. So if their answer is actually Binding of the Old Gods, it won't answer the Vorinclex, which, don't you think that's kind of obnoxious? It's a really solid answer to any creature in the format, but it can't answer big cards like Vorinclex or even Immersturm Predator, a card that isn't relevant in this matchup, but it's the 3-3 Flying Dragon for two red-black. You can sack a creature, which gives it indestructible. You tap it, and it gets a counter, and you get to exile a creature from your opponent's yard. So their turn consists of struggle for Skemfar on our Sculptor of Winter, hoping that it would survive, but the Vorinclex stops the counter again. <laughs> well, Vorinclex is doing Vorinclex things, folks, and I have nothing to say about it other than good things. Wow. I think our opponent just kind of got caught off guard by that a little bit. They were trying to do it on a Death Knell Berserker that they played so that we could have three power greater and they'd be able to create the black zombie berserker creature token when it died. But they're still staring down 12 power on the board with three untapped lands. They do have something foretold. What that is, not sure, but we still have Marite the Frost and Giant's Amulet, and we drew a placement for our Sculptor of Winter. Completely unnecessary, but hey, this is now going to give us the ability to still activate the Bredegard Stronghold. So for our turn here, we're definitely going to play our Volatile Fjord, which is going to enable us to get Marite in the next turn, and we shall attack for 12 power, and I suppose they could have a Poison the Cup in their Fortel area. That would be a pretty reasonable answer to Vorinclex. Even so, we get to Giant's Amulet, and they are forced to block with their Jarl of the Forsaken. So, I like our position, and I like that the number of six drops that we're playing, well, <laughs> the number of six drops that we are playing got our opponent to scoop it up. And friends, this is our second win in a row here on Friday Night Podcast. rats another solid win with a solid deck here on friday night podcast and i'm actually pretty happy just for a way of talking about the format that i drafted this deck because these snow blue green sometimes black in there as well decks the sultai snow poop as we like to call them here these decks are going to be a very prevalent part of the format because this set is slow enough and explosive enough that it can support multiple six drops in your deck. And a card like Ravenous Lindworm, the honey mammoth of this set being here, means you can recover off of an opponent's aggressive 2-3 double spell on turn 4 type play pattern. But do you agree with me? Do you think running three six drops in the deck was too much? Well, let me know on the socials, on Twitter, YouTube and TikTok, Draft and Draft Corey. I am planning on potentially finding a way to video on demand this deck, so find me on those socials and we will let you know when that stuff gets out there. And if you want to be a time traveler, that's right, a time traveler, find us on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash draft and draft. 
And what do I mean by time traveler? Well, friends, my patrons get access to Friday Night Podcast a day early. That's right. If you are a patron to the show, Friday comes a day early as we drop this on the Thursdays when we don't get those crazy Friday release morning days for the new format. You know what I'm saying. In any case, we'd love for you to help us support the show here in the Unlucky Lounge. And a big thank you to all of my patrons. I couldn't do this show without you. Well, friends, it looks like I found the bottom of my drink, and so we've reached the end of another episode. My name is Corey, joined alongside Borok. And this has been Draft and Draft, Friday Night Podcast Edition. Now go out there and make some magical memories of your own. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.